Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly astrological podcast where we explore the celestial vibe, the cosmic landscape. We offer a tarot card for the month and lots of juicy discussion, all with an eye towards insight and inspiration to enhance your well-being and daily life experience. So this is our December edition of So Divine. And, you know, November felt really intense. And as we kind of feel our way, or as I feel my way into December, it feels much more doable in a way. (laughs) So, um, and maybe the place that we start, I think part of why last month was so intense was the retrogrades. You know, we had that Venus retrograde, and of course, we're finishing off the Mercury retrograde. Uh, We've got that Scorpio energy. And so it kind of begs the question, do we have retrograde fatigue? What do you think, Stephanie? Retrograde <laughs> fatigue, right? I mean, we've talked about this over the months, right? Because, yeah. again, it'd be like, oh, and then this is retrograde, and then this is retrograde. <laughs> you know, and again, just to sort of encapsulate it, as we know, three times a year, Mercury goes retrograde. Venus goes retrograde every 18 months, and Mars goes retrograde every two plus years. And this year, we have had all of them. Sort right. of, kind of, back to back. Right. right. We started at the end of June, and we had Mars retrograde. In the midst of that, there was a Mercury retrograde. Then there was about five weeks where things were moving forward, and then comes early October, October 5th, Venus goes retrograde. Middle of November, November 16th, Venus retrograde ends, and just 15 hours later, Mercury retrograde begins. <laughs> so it's just this ongoing, and we're looking at that from the perspective of the personal planets, retrograde. And I know a lot of people are like, okay, enough. Like, <laughs> I've stood still long enough. I've gone backwards. I've redone. I've reassessed. I reevaluated. I re 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 read. When can I put this out into the world? When can I gain traction to go forward? So in answering of that, right, I mean, I think that there still was progress that was really made because we really, really dug down. Like we've had that image before about like the soup or the stew on the stove just cooking down. And hopefully the clarity that we've all gained by just going back over things about Mm -hmm. being really thoughtful and being really slow will have been worth the wait in terms of the clarity and the traction we have gained when this retrograde back to back to back is over, which, you know, on December 6th, Mercury goes direct. And then there's this movement forward. So then it does seem like we will then be moving forward. So tell me from your perspective about retrograde, retrograde fatigue. Well, you know, I feel like the Venus retrograde especially really seemed to hit people kind of hard. And I, you know, may, I'm a Libra, so Venus is my ruling planet. I definitely felt it. But I heard from a lot of clients about everybody was talking about the Venus retrograde in a way that we don't normally. Now, part of it might be because, you know, it started off in Scorpio, you know, and Scorpio was, you know, really digging in deeper, you know, 
know, with the Venus about what we value, what's really important. And I think, you know, this was happening during a very intense time with the elections and all of that. So I feel like everybody's buttons were really being pushed. And when it went direct, personally, I literally woke up, I think it was a Friday morning, and I woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, what just happened? I feel so much lighter. And even though that was the very same day that the Mercury retrograde started, I felt different. And I do feel like as I look back that that was, you know, a challenging period in some regards, but I do feel like I learned a lot. So I do feel like I'm taking a lot forward as Venus does go direct. And then when Mercury goes direct on the 6th, I think that we're going to have even another layer of hopefully perspective. Yeah, agreed, right? Almost that sense of like, okay, what did we learn, you know, in terms in that notion of having to sort of stand still and really work our stuff. And we got that. I too felt like and still feel this sense more of levity, like I moved through this and I really got this. Now I can more put this into action and perspective And now with this Mercury retrograde almost, I feel like I'm refining my ability now to communicate and share just what it is over these last handful of months I really dug into. Right. And I think when you say dug into, because, you know, the Mercury retrograde right now uh, uh, currently is in Scorpio, right? It'll go direct and it'll move into Sagittarius. But then we also have Venus is going to shift into Scorpio about the same time. So we're still dealing with this last little bit of that Scorpio <laughs> vibe, right? And so it, and again, it's like it's your just, voice was just taken over know. by Scorpio. <laughs> I'm developing a new character. It's called Scorpio. I'll be on the Cartoon Network very soon. But, but you know, just kind of that digging, digging, digging in, right? So I think, you know, again, when, uh, when Mercury goes direct and then it moves into Sagittarius, right? And Mercury is happy in Sagittarius. Can I do a little retro grade? Totally. Going back before we got into Sag. Actually, no, pulling them together. It's really interesting because I feel like since November and even into December, there's this Sag energy expand, Mm -hmm. come from on high. Mm -hmm. And there's still, right, we had it in November and we still have it in the beginning a good portion, actually, of December, still the Scorpio, right? With Mercury retrograding back into Scorpio on the second Venus going back into, as it's moving forward into Scorpio, which is about the depth and the uncovering. So it's this whole notion of, Mm -hmm. like, from the heights to the depths. Right, and don't forget we've got Jupiter in Sagittarius as well. So, you know, that's kind of like joining this whole kind of equation. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot for a lot of people, you know, as the as signs are or as planets are shifting signs and the retrogrades and going direct, there's kind of this feeling of like, am I am I coming or am I going? Right. So hopefully, you know, as we wrap up the retrogrades or the Mercury retrograde, I think hopefully we're all gonna feel like, okay. Like you said in the beginning, like, am I ever going to be able to launch something? Am I ever gonna be able to move forward? And I think as Mercury does go direct, especially with Jupiter and I think we're going to start feeling that forward movement. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think it's interesting because Sagittarius and Jupiter are very forward, Mm -hmm. go, pursue. And so there's something about 
almost this time of the slowness, right? And until mm-hmm. the six with Mercury retrograde and it being in Scorpio where we are, you know, is it not giving us a time to really hone our aim, Mm-mm. right? Because if not with Sagittarius, How we're sad-y. just like, Sh- let's shoot that arrow, let's <laughs> shoot that arrow. But really, like if you connect to the depths of your being and your desires and your feelings mm-hmm. and you honor that, can that not but help you to calibrate mm-hmm. where it is that you are aiming, where that horizon is that you really want to shoot for and quest towards. Ooh, I like that. I also think that, you know, just to throw into the mix that, you know, after the, you know, Mercury goes direct, we're not going to have any more retrograde planets for a while, except for, of course, Aries is still, uh, excuse me, Uranus is still retrograde in Aries. Not to say that retrogrades in any way are a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but we're going to be in the clear for a little while. Yeah. And speaking of that Mercury going direct on December 6th, also on December 6th, we have the Sagittarius new moon. Correct. And again, as we consider that when a planet shifts direction, so in this case, Mercury going direct around the 6th, that Mercury slows down. And so themes of Mercury-related realms, communication and the media and bridges, you know, really heighten. So still it's about, you might be like, okay, Mercury's going direct. (laughs) You still want to go slow, Mm -hmm. be thoughtful, you know. And I would really wonder too, with all of this retrograde and this slowness, you know, for maybe us to all reflect upon like, where has slow, where has the pause become a greater ally for you? Mm. Where have you changed your relationship to the virtue of speed. Has that been a theme in this year for your life? I think that's great, Stephanie. You know, I certainly feel like I've learned to embrace more of the process. You know, you talk about the pause and, you know, that sometimes there is a process and that is the beauty of the retrogrades is this opportune time to kind of step back, reevaluate, get our ducks in a row and make sure as we go forward, we're in that alignment. So now with the new moon Mm -hmm. in Sagittarius, which to me just sounds absolutely delightful because new moons, new beginnings, Sagittarius, fire, as you're saying, aim of those arrows. But this new moon has an aspect to it. It does. It squares Mars and it squares Neptune, both in Pisces. Mm -hmm. So the Neptune piece of it to me sort of reflects or goes hand in hand with Mercury stationing that day. You just want to stay grounded and thoughtful as you're moving forward. Because if you don't, it seems like there can be this sense of overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. you know, overwhelmed by information, overwhelmed by feelings, like overwhelmed in in the mental, sort of in in your third eye chakra, like that whole sense. But there is that sense of, you know, with Neptune to really open to your dreams, your inspirations, your aspirations, but also making sure that you are not questing off and shooting your Sagittarius arrow towards something that is illusionary, Mm, right? You want to stretch, you know, you want to go for what you dream of, but you also want to make sure that it is 
realistically within your sights. Well, you know, as you're saying that, of course, I want to say it's like, keep your feet grounded, but keep reaching for the stars. I mean, it's just definitely, you know, the kind of like that archetype. And it also, you know, brings to mind, it's just a reminder that we do have Mars in Pisces all month, you know, and Neptune is also in Pisces. You know, we have the Scorpio energy. Venus is in Scorpio for a while. And what else is in Scorpio? So we've got this watery kind of energy happening this month as well. And so maybe it's a little bit of some um, soul hydration. You know what I mean? Maybe we all need to like kind of water ourselves a little bit. And you're talking about, you know, inspiration and dreams. And to me, Pisces is all about the imagination, you know, and this is the last month of the year. And so maybe with this kind of watery energy that we've got kind of flowing, this is a time to start imagining what do you want for the new year, right? You know, so just to start kind of bringing in that kind of energy as well. Which is beautiful use, too, of that Sagittarius, like what's on my horizon? What is my future? What am I going to go for and envision? And maybe that really nice way, because as you're talking about all that water, there's all this water, there's all this fire, Mm. right? Mm. And how can water and fire actually be allies rather than be antagonistic. Well, you know, that's so interesting that you bring that up because last month our card for the month was the temperance card, which was about alchemy and about combining different ingredients, in this case, fire and water. And the alchemy is that fire and water don't mix. But when you bring in two very separate ingredients and bring them together, they create something completely different. And that's the analogy of turning lead into gold. Mm, Beautiful. And I wonder too, just my Taurus moon always likes to think too, like what practical self-care things do we can do? How can we bring together fire and water? Thinking about that from the perspective of maybe like, I don't know, like, oh, using a diffuser, an essential oil Mm, diffuser, right? Instead of that heat and that effervescence in terms of Mm. the like the liquid and the release of the essential, you know, the essence. Also maybe steam inhalation. Also, Mm. I love when you have like a bowl with water and then you float tea candles on it. Right. So again, is there any way that you can see or we can all see this month to actually be able to root into that potentiality by combining water and fire. Absolutely. And when you're talking about, you know, the tea candles, you know, this is the holiday month. And, you know, that image just brings to mind, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah or however you celebrate, you know, the holidays. And of course, this month too is the winter solstice. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the summer uh, solstice if you're in, you know, down South. But when I think about the solstice, you know, it definitely is a transition point, right? It's a shift 
in seasons, right? And actually, you know, the pagans, when they celebrated the solstice, they often talked about, they called it the Yule, actually. And the Yule was associated with the goddess and the moon goddess, which we'll tie in in just a moment. Mm -hmm. But as we talk about the equinox, which is actually the shortest day of the year, it's the, you know, it's when things are the darkest, again, in the northern hemisphere, it actually brought to mind a tarot card. Ooh, do share. Do share. And um, it is the death card. And when I was thinking about what would be a good card for the month, death immediately came up. But of course, I hesitated because I think so many people have a negative connotation about death. But actually what death is about, and by the way, it's ruled by Scorpio. So it really fits in with this theme, the Scorpio theme about going deep. The death card in the tro is very much about death and rebirth and transformation. And so when we think about the solstice, you know, this turning point, this moment of death and rebirth where we let go of one season and we begin to welcome in another season and we really surrender into what the energies are. To me, that's a real death moment. And anytime we're in a death moment, it's also a celebration of life, right? And so it's, again, this idea of the darkness, and then there'll be light. And what do you want to give a timely death to? What do you want to get ready to welcome in in the new year? So that's why I like the kind of like that death archetype for the whole month of December, and especially for the uh, the solstice. I love that. So what are some things that we can do? I'm thinking about some sort of rituals we can do or how we can really use that this month. Well, you know, the solstice in itself is a very powerful time for ritual, right? So, you know, it's really, you know, to take a moment. Here you are talking about the tea candles floating in the water. And, you know, I think it would be really wonderful to really set aside time, especially on the solstice, to do ritual, right? And we're going to talk about the uh, the moon and cancer the next day, right? But to really think about, you know, uh, and meditate on and ruminate on and maybe journal about what do you want to let go of? Mm-hmm. This is a time of, you know, renewal, you know? And so maybe make a list of those things that no longer serve you. You can even, as a part of your ritual, if you're using candles, you have a fireplace going, write it down and then burn it in the fire, right? And then just release it to the universe. And then once you've done that, take some time, take some deep breath and allow your imagination to begin to play and receive some new inspirations about what you want to manifest in the new year. Oh, just so perfect. And the death card just does feel that mm-hmm. energy, that archetype, so perfect for the reasons that you're speaking about, mm-hmm. right? For that Scorpio, that revisiting of that Scorpio, mm-hmm. as well as for the solstice mm-hmm. and know, transformation. On the, t- on the 21st and transformation. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So the winter solstice is on the 21st, and then the very next day, on the 22nd, we have the full moon in Cancer. And of course, the moon is always so happy in Cancer. 
The moon is very happy in Cancer. <laughs> yeah, and so we have this full moon with the sun in Capricorn and the moon in Cancer, which are now, right, the sign that the lunar nodes are in. And the Cancer-Capricorn axis brings in mother, Cancer, father, Capricorn, right? Home, Cancer, work and roll out in the public, Capricorn, and I also think about it from the perspective of the the emotions and the feelings and what nourishes us, Cancer and Capricorn, our responsibility and our duty. Mm-hmm. So also thinking, how can we weave all of those together? And notably thinking about the notion of how can we be more responsible for keeping ourselves fed and honoring our feelings. Absolutely. And as you're talking about this, Stephanie, of course, what it brings to mind is, you know, my family celebrates Christmas, right? And, you know, so whatever you celebrate for the holidays, this is usually a time where, if we're lucky enough, we're spending time with our families. And so you're talking about mother and father and home and career and all this stuff. And this is, you know, going to be happening, you know, probably where a lot of us are going to be, you know, celebrating with family and friends at home. And you were talking about feeding ourselves. I think we'll all be probably feeding ourselves one way or another. But also with the full moon in Cancer, it could be a little extra emotional. And I know for so many people during the holidays, you know, it tends to be kind of an overwhelmingly emotional time. And so what you're reminding me of is, yeah, you know, to feel those emotions, but also to nurture yourself and take time to ground and and feed yourself whatever it is that you need. Because, you know, this could be a little bit intense emotionally. Yeah. And I can't help but think, too, if not this whole holiday season is intense, given that there was the full moon on Thanksgiving as well. So there's a full moon right around Christmas on that weekend. Right. It was the full moon on Thanksgiving. You know, those times that we, it's thought you come together with friends and family and all that could arise with that or that feeling of pressure or sorrow that who is my family or friends to come together. I mean, there's, it's really loaded, Mm -hmm. you know, the holidays. So again, just as always, take care of yourself and actually take extra good care of yourself, which in and of itself feels very Cancer full moon. Exactly. Right. So how perfect. And that's one of the things I love about paying attention to the lunar cycles, especially because they tend to affect us so personally is, you know, we can just really honor that. Yeah. So, Stephanie, here we are talking about, you know, the, the holidays and the end of the month. And also, of course, at the very end of the month, at the very end of the year, we have New Year's Eve. So what's happening on New Year's Eve? So astrologically, what's happening on (laughs) New Year's Eve? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have had Mars in Pisces since November 14th, you know, and Mars in Pisces is very special. (laughs) What's that word? (laughs) Actually, I have Mars in Pisces, so I'm like upholding Mars in Pisces. But, you know, Mars is the warrior and Pisces is very sensitive. And so it's very much about, you know, how do you move forward in a compassionate, caring, artistic way? And so it's been probably an interesting time for many people because that does feel a little bit antithetical. You know, this is what I want Mars 
but wait, how can I want this and do this when it may have an impact on you? So hopefully throughout the month of December up to the 31st, you will use that galvanized spirit and will to fight for healing, right? Mm. to fight for compassion, to fight for love, to push through in your imagination, into your dreams, into your creativity. Mm. I love that. And then... As you brought up, December 31st, it shifts and Mars goes into its home territory of Aries. So we have Mars very happy in in Aries because both Mars and Aries really galvanize the warrior. Mm. There is this definite shift, this palpable shift of inspiritedness, of that flame, of passion, of that now. So what is it that it galvanizes your spirit? All that said, just to watch, because it's New Year's Eve, if there is a ramping up of energy or impatience or possible frustration, if you feel that your will is blocked, that things don't get or you don't get or people around you don't get overheated. So just watch for that. Right. I also think it's the timing is just so sublime because, you know, it's New Year's Eve, you know, and Aries, you know, is the first sign of the Zodiac. It's a sign of rebirth. And so the very next day we're birthing in to a whole new year. Whole new 2019. Year. I am excited about that. I also think it would be really fun to just take a moment, you know, as we go into this brand new year to talk about 2018, you know, do you have any, like any of the astrological or personal things that kind of affected you the most or were very significant to you in 2018? Yeah. The one thing for me personally that felt really strong and that I really paid attention to has to do with the Mars retrograde and the Venus retrograde, right? Because anybody, which myself included, I know you included, has a planet or a point at late Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, or early Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, the Venus retrograde and the Mars retrograde kept on going over that point. As well as that's a point that is kept on being going over by Uranus. Mm -hmm. And with an eye to the future, on the January 20th, we actually have a lunar eclipse that also catalyzes that point. So for me, I was very aware of how what I was considering in terms of that Mars retrograde, what got amplified for me in terms of my attention? And for me, it was my Venus. Mm-hmm. What do I value? How do I value things? What has value? And how do I value myself? That that topic, it wasn't, okay, the Mars retrograde's over, like, goodbye, you got that. No, then the Venus retrograde came in. And there was a looking at that. And there still is a looking at that from that other perspective. And then, again, Uranus is dancing over that point. So there's also that perspective of shaking that up, right, and being flexible and redefining. So I guess where sort of that's my personal experience, but why I wanted to bring that up was for any of you who feel like, okay, there was this topic that was brought up in my personal cosmic curriculum this summer, 
And then it's still here. And then it's still here. And I'm having different ways of looking at it and uncovering it. Like that you too may be experiencing that, right? Some of these parts of us might just feel like they were so deeply etched over these last six months. Yes. And I I thank you, first of all, for sharing that. And also, I love that you're saying that because sometimes... I personally can get a little frustrated, like from the standpoint of, isn't this done yet? And mm-hmm. I thought this would already be launched and I thought it was further ahead. So that is such a powerful reminder. For me, 2018, it's funny because I think I have short-term memory because what I think back to is November last month. That's as far back as my memory goes (laughs) about significant moments. But what really affected me, it's interesting you're talking about Uranus because Uranus, of course, dipped back into Aries. I'm a Libra and my Libra sun is like 29 degrees. And so Uranus went right on top of, or opposite, excuse me, my sun. And, you know, your sun is your you know, it's your light. And I just felt like all of a sudden it was just like everything kind of broke apart in some really amazing ways and some ways that were a little bit challenging, right? So I feel like for me, I have this new sense of freedom and this new sense of possibility. And I feel like I've removed some of my old limits. And yet at the same time, I can say to you, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing and no idea where I'm going, which is so Uranian. I do think Uranian has really taught me to stay very present to each day. You know what I mean? Every day is a brand new day, and I'm going to be present to see what it has to show me. So in addition, the other thing, back to November again, the Venus retrograde, uh, again, Libra, Venus, that really seemed to really push a lot of buttons. And uh, I feel like I, like you, looked a lot about, you know, what I value and who I am. And then when it went forward, I feel like I learned a lot. So kind of the year end was, for me, was really packed. Uh, in some challenging, but in some really liberating, forward-moving ways. Yeah. And we would love to hear from you. You know, if you want to share with us what it has been this year for you, if you could even just crystallize it down to, you know, some theme, or maybe it's something from an astrological perspective that you can pinpoint. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Just write us at sodivineventures at gmail.com. Yes, absolutely. And as we wrap up, we also want to say a very, very happy holidays to everyone out there. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And, you know, in January, we're actually going to do a special edition of So Divine, where we're going to do the forecast for 2019, in addition to our January monthly podcast. So stay uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. And definitely, if you have any questions, there's anything in particular that you may want us to explore or to look at in 2019, just shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. So in closing, we also want to give our gratitude to those who have helped us to make So Divine a dream come true. You, our listeners, also our producer, Nick Patri and Sebastiano Tecchio, the Overcast Studio at the Cloud Studios in Capitol Hill in Seattle, and a big thank you to Megan my so divine partner in crime. Because Stephanie, we've been doing this for a year now, haven't we? It's been a year. This is one year of so divine and thank you so much and I can't wait for more so divine to come. 
happy holidays and happy new year. Mm-hmm.